today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. And he said to them, and he said to him, and these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And then the devil left him and suddenly angels came and waited on him. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, and the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open us up. Open our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Open our hearts to feel. And then, O God, open our hands to serve. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Braving the Wilderness series continues. Are you feeling tested in the wilderness? Is this time testing you? Is it testing your patience, testing your parenting, testing your professional life? Is it testing your relationship with your partner? Hello, I am meddling already. Testing happens in the wilderness, doesn't it? We we see this in the Bible again and again when people are in really difficult situations, when things get tough, when the stakes are high, they are presented with a decision. With a decision. They, they can choose either the easy thing or the right thing, uh, which is usually the harder thing. And, and most of the time, they choose the easy thing. That, I think that's a pretty fair observation about us human beings. We tend to want to press the easy button. By the way, did you know you can purchase an easy button for your desk from Staples for $8.87? Here's the description. Let your entire office know just how easy it is to find solutions to problems with this Staples easy button. This may be my parting gift for the staff, by the way. Seriously thinking about it. Um, uh, But by the way, when you press it, it says, that was easy. Uh, Yeah, you're going to be very popular in the office with the easy button. But, But when you're in the wilderness, you want the easy button. You want the easy way out. You want out of the discomfort, the disruption, the difficulty as soon as possible. And so the temptation, the temptation is to go the easy way instead of the right way. Are you with me? Is this sounding familiar? Have you turned on the news lately? Or uh, let me just make it more personal. Just notice the next time here in the wilderness that you're presented with a difficult uh, decision or a decision, you'll notice the tendency you have to want to take the easy way out. Like, Like your marriage. 
lots of time home together now. Maybe, maybe it's revealed some stuff you need to work on as a couple. Do you? Do you do the work? Or, or do you just go along to get along? The hard thing, the hard thing is to do the work, to, to go to therapy, to try to break old patterns that are, are harmful. That's, that's hard to do, but it's right. I was talking with a friend the other day who has uh, had increased stress since the coronavirus hit, and, and uh, it turns out now he has high blood pressure, uh, and he wasn't expecting that news. And, and he said the temptation is to want to take a pill uh, and, and keep on eating the french fries through the drive-thru like he likes to do. He said that's the American way, right? I mean, th- there's a pill for that. Uh, th- the hard thing is exercise and diet and lifestyle change, but it's the right thing. We are tempted in the wilderness to to make decisions that are expedient, that are the easy way out. Jesus is tested in the wilderness, and all three of his tests are temptations to go the easy way instead of the right way. Here's the backstory. Jesus is baptized, and it's this high, holy moment. I mean, a dove comes down. Uh, The voice of God calls him beloved. It's now so clear who he is. He is the Son of God. He is God's beloved. He is claimed by God, anointed by the Spirit. His purposes are God's purposes. And then, boom, wilderness. Wilderness. Next sentence. The Spirit drives Jesus into the wilderness. Why? Why would the Spirit do this? Two reasons. Because if Jesus can face these tests in the wilderness and pass, if he can overcome this pull to do the easy thing instead of the right thing, well, there ain't no stopping him from then on. Because after Jesus gets out of the wilderness, well, his ministry is going to have some really tough moments, you know, and, and, and he'll be able to handle it because he handled it in the wilderness. The wilderness can strengthen us for whatever comes our way in life. Learning to do the right thing when we are in the wilderness, choosing to go the right way instead of the easy way, it's just about the most formative thing for us human beings, which is the second thing. Jesus is fully human. Let's be clear that if he can do the right thing in the wilderness, so can we. So let's look real closely at each of the temptations to go the easy way that Jesus faces in the wilderness. And and so we can recognize them and and we can follow his lead when we face them. Did you catch, by the way, when Jesus is tempted in the wilderness, at what point? The testing comes at the end, at the end of the 40 days. When he's weakest, hungriest, most vulnerable, that's when the text says the devil came and tested him. Now, That word word devil, some interpret devil as a literal being. You know, tradition holds the devil was a fallen angel who rebelled against God. A, A conversation between Jesus and the devil is certainly one way to imagine what's going on here. For me, I relate to it more as a whisper. A whisper to do something I know isn't right or to not do something I know is right. Scholars point out that the devil personifies this inner spiritual struggle that we all face. You know, you have a decision to make, and you hear this voice that gives you justification for why you should give in and and do the easy thing. So let's look at what the tempter says in verse 2. He fasted 
for 40 days and 40 nights. And afterwards, he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. The devil says, You're hungry? Here's a quick fix. Use your power to feed yourself. In the, in the wilderness, especially when the fear is high and uncertainty is high, there is this emptiness that you feel. Do you know that feeling? It's, it's really spiritual. There's this spiritual hunger for connection and belonging and security, and the, the tendency is to fill that longing inside, that hole inside, with stuff that isn't good for us and won't ever be enough to satisfy us. That's the danger, and that's the test. Will, you know, you, what will you fill that emptiness with? Alcohol sales are up in recent months. Drug abuse is up. Pornography is booming, according to the news. But, but even our drive for success and accomplishment can be what we try to fill that emptiness with. It doesn't work. The longing is still there. Here's Jesus' reply to the devil. Jesus says, no one lives by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. What Jesus is saying is, there is only one who can fill that empty spot. There is only one who can fulfill our deepest hunger. So we recognize in the wilderness that we really long for God's presence and grace in our lives. And trying to fill ourselves with anything but God will leave us empty and powerless. The question is, will your hunger drive you to fill yourself with the wrong things? Or will it drive you to search for God? There's the easy thing, and then there's the right thing. The second thing the devil tells Jesus to do is to test God. Verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. In the wilderness, when we are afraid and uncertain, the tendency is to go, God, if you are really God, then you will get me out of this. If, if you're really God, you will make my life good. If you really want me to believe in you, you will fix this thing. It's a relationship of transaction. And it's childish, really. It's childish. It's, uh, if you do this, then I'll do this. If you loved me, if you're really God, then show me. Jesus doesn't buy into that kind of relationship with God. Jesus' relationship with God is not conditional, it's relational. Jesus trusts God. He doesn't test God. He trusts. When Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross, he's experiencing fear. And he doesn't say, God, if you're really God, you're going to get me out of this. No. No, he prays, God, I'd like for this cup to pass from me but not my will, your will. He shows us the deepest trust. He says, I'm leaning on you here, and I trust you. I trust that you're going to take care of me. What do you do with your fear in the wilderness? What you do with your fear in the wilderness matters. Do you test God, 
Or do you decide to trust God? There is the easy thing, and then there's the right thing. The third thing the devil invites Jesus to do is to give in to the ways of the world instead of the way of the cross. Look at verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. There is the kingdom of the world and there's the kingdom of God. Which kingdom, which kingdom will you abide in when the stakes are high? The kingdom of the world celebrates and measures power by titles and money and status and greatness. The kingdom of God is a different kind of power. It's the power of the cross. It's the power in weakness, power in sacrifice, power in selflessness. The devil says, look, you can have everything you want. You can have everything you want. You can have all the kingdoms of the world, and you don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to do the hard work of ministry. You, you can have it all right now. You can be king. Just worship me and you can have everything you came here for, everything you want without the hard stuff. Here's the easy button. Just press it. Jesus says, no. No, I'm sticking with the values of the kingdom of God. I'm aligning my decision-making with what's right according to God even if it's the harder thing. When you are in your most fearful, desperate time, what do you focus on? What do you judge your behavior by? By what is expedient for you, what's easiest, or what is right? Jesus says, don't look for the easy thing. Look for the hard thing. Do the difficult thing. Don't look for the easy way out. You may remember back in 2014, CVS decided to stop selling cigarettes in their stores. Do you remember this? And the CEO said, the sale of tobacco products is inconsistent with our purpose. Helping people on their path to better health, cigarettes and tobacco products have no place in a setting where health care is delivered. This is the right thing to do. Now, they lost money from that decision. It wasn't the easy thing to do, but it was the right thing to do. And in this wilderness time, CVS is doing the same thing. I mean, their ethics are driving their decision-making. An article in Forbes named CVS as one of the companies responding to COVID-19 the best. They're giving bonuses to their employees, paid sick time, sick leave for part-time workers, 14 days paid leave for those in quarantine or diagnosed with COVID-19, 25 days of backup child or elder care for all employees, They've also waived delivery fees for prescriptions to help encourage vulnerable populations to stay at home. What drives your decision-making? In the wilderness, when the stakes are high, do you do the easy thing or do you do the right thing? Do you let the values of the kingdom of the world influence you or the values of the kingdom of God? There was an article that struck me recently Part of the title is, America is Paying a Heavy Price for Freedom. The article points out how we use this idea of freedom as as an excuse to serve ourselves before others. Freedom becomes a shield to hide from personal responsibility. So the argument goes, I'm not wearing a mask. This is a free country. You can't tell me to do that. They're so hot and uncomfortable anyway, I'm not wearing one despite evidence that clearly shows that masks protect both the wearers and the people around them, 
Wearing a mask is not easy, but it's right. It's right. Uh, Our marquee on the corner says, love your neighbor as yourself. Wear a mask. That's the kingdom of God. It's this ethos of love of neighbor that leads to a society of self-giving and sacrifice and ultimately shalom. The, the The devil tells Jesus he can have everything he wants without sacrificing anything without taking responsibility for the well-being of others, without doing the hard work of loving others, I can't imagine what the world would be like if Jesus had given into that, if he had decided to serve himself instead of the greater good. Jesus makes it very clear who he follows and whose kingdom he is a part of. He says this, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve only him. Disciples of Jesus, those who choose to walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, we have the power, like him, to stand up to the voices or or voice that says, take the easy way. Our job is to stay faithful when it gets hard and trust that God will get us through because God will get us through the wilderness. Last line of the story is this. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. When you look back, when you look back at the wilderness times in your life, you made it through. You made it through. And those times, as hard as they were, they shaped you. And and maybe you look back, and and you you see the angels who waited on you. Or maybe you look back and you go, yeah, I see how that time tested me. And, and maybe you think, I wish I'd done better. I don't want us to look back on this time and go, you know, we could have done better. We could have chosen the right way, but we didn't. I want to end with this passage from Hebrews 4, verses 15 and 16. We do not have a high priest, Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Turn to Jesus in this time. He knows what it is to be tested in the wilderness and by his grace, By his grace, we can, like him, stay faithful and trust God and do what is right. I want to end with Wesley's covenant prayer, because this wilderness time is a test of our covenant to God. So let us renew our commitment to God's will wherever you are. Won't you say this with me? I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low by you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and fully yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be confirmed in heaven. 
Amen.